Welcome to Flirting with Bitcoin. I'm your host, Mandana Yousefi, and this is my boo, Ian Reese. It's our seventh episode of our podcast, While Bitcoin Keeps Going Down in Value. (laughs) (laughs) Well, again, as I've said, down in value is relative to where you bought it from. So that's what I want to get into today. I think that we have gotten a lot of people interested. Mm -hmm. We are getting people thinking, ready to invest their own money. It's going really well, but I would like to make this experience as stress-free as possible for our listeners. If you want this to be stress-free, you should not you should not have any money in Bitcoin. So you're saying that just like dating, getting to know Bitcoin requires some vulnerability. I think it also depends on where you are in like what you're looking for when you're dating <laughs> using the dating analogy, right? Like if you're trying to like settle down with somebody and like start building a, a foundation with somebody, you should probably have a lot better criteria than somebody you're just kind of like messing around with. Oh, so all those other cryptos? Yeah, just exactly. Mess, mess around with those, but... You, you can only mess around with those. But if you want to lock something down... If you're looking to <laughs> exactly right, like if you're it's looking to be Bitcoin, if you're looking to build a foundation with someone <laughs> or something, the the criteria you should have is pretty high. And I think that Bitcoin is it passes all of the checks that you don't even know you have yet. And hopefully on this podcast, you will start to learn those checks and look for those checks. Well, okay, let's get into it. <laughs> I am excited to announce that I have officially bought Bitcoin. Well, I haven't bought a single Bitcoin, but I bought a percentage of a Bitcoin. Most people have a percentage of a Bitcoin. But I'm going to be honest about the process. It took it took some time for me to do it. And I'll admit it's because the price of Bitcoin was going down. When I initially signed up with Strike, just like you said, they were going to give me $5, which they did. So with that $5, I did convert that to Bitcoin as soon as they verified my identification. Mm-hmm. Then I watched what happened to my $5. <laughs> what happened to and your $5? I think in the same day, it was like $470. And then, you know, it just kept going down for the rest of the week. And then it was in the news that Bitcoin was down. So I kind of took a step back. I don't know why, because I should have then just bought Bitcoin because I know better because you've talked about it. And for years, you have not cared when the value of Bitcoin goes down, but I waited and now it's gone back up. And so I did ultimately go and spend some of my own money and I bought Bitcoin and it's already going down a little, except this time I'm not worried. I'm thinking, should I buy more? So with that, That's where I am right now. I'm flirting with it. I'm uncomfortably flirting with it. But I would imagine that our listeners also went through this. Yeah, I mean So what do you have to say to us, Ian? How do you how do you navigate all of this? So everything you just described is pretty much the process that anyone's gonna go through Mm -hmm. when you buy Bitcoin because the price of Bitcoin changes every minute, Mm -hmm. right? So the odds of you getting Bitcoin on day one and it only going in one direction, (laughs) it's not how it works. Where people and what you just described, like where people get tripped up is that you're concerned about the dollar number. You saw that it went from five dollars mm-hmm. to four seventy, right? Mm-hmm. Like you remembered those numbers. Now here's a question: How many satoshis did you get for those five dollars? 
you can't quote that number, can you? <laughs> and you and, don't know it. And can you again explain? You've explained it to me, but for the record, what is a satoshi? So, like you said, you didn't buy a whole bitcoin. You bought a percentage of a mm -hmm. bitcoin, and so one bitcoin is divisible by a hundred million parts. And each one of those parts is called a satoshi. That is the lowest. Think of a satoshi is to a penny as a dollar is to a bit. A hundred pennies make a dollar. A hundred million satoshis make a bitcoin. What happens in the beginning for anyone is that you're so used to dealing with dollars that when the dollar number moves, that affects you emotionally. You remember those numbers. But eventually, in Bitcoin land, if you're a true citizen of Bitcoin land, right? You stop caring about the dollar number and you care more about how many Satoshis did I get? How many Satoshis am I going to send to someone if I'm paying someone in Bitcoin? And once you make that transition, you don't really care about the dollar number anymore because you've actually converted your, your mindset from dealing in dollars to dealing in Satoshis. Have you done that? 100%. So how much is a rotisserie chicken from Whole Foods. I mean, that's a little, <laughs> that's specific, but there is a website that does those things, right. right? So what do you, what items that you purchase or spend money on do you think in Satoshi's now? You know, you've seen me buy some steaks recently. Oh, I've seen you buy steak. <laughs> right, right. And so part of that steak buying was because, you know, one of the, the main books in the Bitcoin community is the, it's called the Bitcoin Standard, mm -hmm. basically the Bitcoin Bible. So the guy who wrote that book, the Bitcoin Standard, in his second book called the Fiat Standard, he had this whole chapter about how fiat money, aka the dollar, affects things like food. And one of the things that it really affected was the price of beef. And I won't get into all the details, but long story short, he spent like a chapter or two talking about beef and steak and how that's really the only produce that he cares about as far as price. And so if you go look at the price- personally, or it seems to be a strong indication of what things are worth. Yeah, because like you can't put a bunch of artificial stuff into it to make mm. more beef, right? Like you can't make more cows by feeding them corn syrup, but you can make a bunch of junk food with a bunch of things that you really shouldn't be eating, mm -hmm. right? And that's how we get this like fiat food world where there's boxes of food and it's like food doesn't come in boxes in the woods, mm -hmm. right? He just spent a lot of time talking about beef and, and steak and stuff like that. And so there's this website called, oh, I forgot the name of it. But there's a website that basically breaks down the price of certain things and it's mm -hmm. like steak to Satoshis or chicken to Satoshis or eggs to Satoshis. Like you can almost build like your own kind of consumer price index. We'll put the website once Ian thinks of it in the episode description. Of course, of course. <laughs> so it shows value. So it shows the price of steak and I've mm -hmm. just been looking at it and it's around... 27,000 Satoshis. Like I know that number. Tomorrow, if steak was worth 50,000 Satoshis, like that would register to me. And that would concern you. Not so or much. Or that's a good thing. It's not so much that it, can, it would concern me. It's that changing the mindset. When you're dealing with the dollar, there's a lot of machinations that go on with the dollar to like keep prices at certain places. So people don't feel what's actually happening when you print a bunch of money, mm -hmm. right? So you can give subsidies to the beef industry in the form of printed money, but you can't do that with Bitcoin. It doesn't really matter what the price of stake is in dollars. It actually matters more what the price of stake is in Satoshis because that is like, for lack of a better term, the true price. Oof. Going back to your original point of when this price movement happens, how do I feel about it? Well, I've stopped thinking in dollar terms and I just think of it as like an exchange rate. So when the price 
air quotes here, when the price of Bitcoin is down, it really just means you can get more Satoshis for your dollar. That's all it means. Which means go get some more Bitcoin. It cut, It has that inverse application, right? Like you see the price go down and because people live in a dollar world, they're mm. like, oh, I'm losing yeah. dollars. So they want to like sell and get out of it. Yeah. But in actuality, if you live in Bitcoin it's land. like buy the dip, which is what I kept also hearing. That's all you're going to hear. You're going to hear buy the dip all over the Oof, place, right? I wish I did. <laughs> I wish you, everyone wishes they did. I would be talking did. about the profits I've made. <laughs> everyone, wish, everyone wishes that they did. But here but I am being hesitant. <laughs> I feel like anyone who comes to Bitcoin land and participates, which is why I advocate for people like watching it for a year, you know, dollar cost averaging in over a year. So you see these price fluctuations and you get used to them and you build up calluses. But after you build up those calluses, you can actually start thinking in the inverse. You can start thinking in the form of, oh, Satoshis are cheaper right now. That's a good thing. How long did it take you to get to that? A year? No, it took me like, I'd say two or three years. Because in the beginning, I wasn't just specifically focused on Bitcoin. So I didn't have that mindset of like, if you're only focused on one thing, you want to get it for as cheap as possible. I had. But if you're distracted by all these other cryptocurrencies and all the other things you need to be tracking about it. Without the halving, there's no explanation for why it will eventually go back up. Mm -hmm. Right? Yes, absolutely. Without that, it makes it like all of these other cryptocurrencies where it's like, okay, is cryptocurrency even a thing? Okay, fine. If it's a thing, like, which is the best? Right. And there are all of these people playing around, really being fake money. And then there's actual Bitcoin. Exactly. I'm getting it, babe. It's <laughs> and so like, slowly but surely, slowly but surely. <laughs> no, and this is good. Like, I, I like the way that you like, I like the way that you started with your experience of buying it and then immediately seeing it go down. Because the way that you perceived that was I had $5 and now I have $4.70. There really is no barrier to entry to just trying it. But I do think the experience of watching a dip and seeing it come back up and it's like, I don't know, down a little again today, but I'm I'm much more confident that it's going to go back up. I think people need to experience that for themselves. We on this podcast, pretty much up until now, have been talking about Bitcoin solely in the Bitcoin is a currency sense. And so when we talk about Bitcoin, imagine there's like a, a coin changer somewhere and you walk up with dollars, you can get Bitcoin or you could get euros or you could get yen, right? There's all these different currencies and Bitcoin is just kind of one of those options. But what you just experienced with Strike and watching the price go up and down, it's not the price of the dollar to Bitcoin that's changing. What's happening is that Bitcoin is actually a pricing mechanism for anything on the planet. Like we just talked about stake. Mm -hmm. I can tell you Satoshis to stake. I can tell you Satoshis to milk. I can tell you Satoshis to anything that you want to price on this planet. You have a thing now that can, because there's only going to be 21 million, you can price everything in Bitcoin. And what we're doing right now is the price of Bitcoin is actually the value of the dollar, the euro, the yen relative to Bitcoin. So right now it's just a pricing mechanism for currencies. Mm -hmm. That's what everyone talks about when they're yeah. buying and selling it. But it's actually a pricing mechanism for anything. But within your own country, if you're not paying attention to that, you're not seeing that at all. Well, because the, the story that makes the news is the price of the dollar to mm -hmm. Bitcoin, right? Which still perpetuates the idea that the dollar is the most dominant currency in the world, which it is. 
relative to all other printed currencies. But two years into Bitcoin land, if someone says, do you want $100 or do you want $100 worth of Bitcoin? If you're not saying yes to the Bitcoin answer, what are you doing? What are you doing, bro? What are you doing? Do you even lift? Um, do you even buy on the dip? <laughs> <laughs> you buy every day, but I, you also buy extra on the dip. Is that what you're saying? I mean... Because you always tell people, buy a little every day. And I want to stop saying buy, because I think that's where we get a little on the nomenclature. I encourage people to convert on whatever interval is most efficient for them. Because we talked about last episode, moving money out of a country, right? And I said, once you convert your lira to Bitcoin, you've moved it out the country. It's just the act of converting that moved it out of the country. So I encourage people to convert their dollars, their euro, their yen on whatever interval feels good, but on a regular interval. And that way, when it goes up or when it goes down, it doesn't really matter to you. Now, if you do see a big dip and you're new and it's your first big dip, mm -hmm. you're going to feel some things like you're going to want to get out yeah, and you're going to want to sell and you're going to want to read all of the mainstream news now because they're going to be confirming what you're, you believe. You're like, you Bitcoin lovers, you fooled me. <laughs> exactly. And that's, that's almost what happened to me in the very beginning. When I first started Bitcoin, I bought right before it went up to like 20,000. And then I bought a little bit more at 20,000 because <laughs> I was part of the wave, right? Yeah. And then it crashed to 3,000. And I had to do some soul searching, but I didn't sell because coming from the trading world, I knew that, well, if I can do some research and figure out what's going on, I can reallocate this and turn it into a profit. Uh, if you sell, you've, yeah. you've lost, yeah, right? Yeah. So because Fine. I held it, because I held it that entire time, my floor, like as far as I'm concerned, I saw Bitcoin crash to $3,000. And today we are at $38,000. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you said you took a step back. You wanted to see what was going on, why, why the dip was happening. The last dip that just happened, mm -hmm. January, 2022. Mm-hmm. What happened? When you come to Bitcoin land, you become, you become a Bitcoiner, you start seeing the world differently. You'll end up invariably, you'll end up reading books about Austrian economics. <laughs> or they Who hasn't dabbled? Or they, exactly, right? <laughs> like, or they're going to sneak it into you with ideas from Austrian economics without ever saying explicitly that it's Austrian economics. Austrian economics says the way that the economy works is too complex for any one person to understand why a price moved in any direction. You can't model a system. There's too many variables. People are, and those choices that they make in interacting and exchanging their money for goods and what are the inputs for making those goods and so on and so forth, all of those choices add up to what are reflected as a price. So what happened January, I don't know. <laughs> but taking that logic, I can tell you that for whatever reason, People were valuing dollars more than Bitcoin. And so with that logic in mind, I would imagine it's January, it's tax time. You can't pay your taxes with Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. Everyone had a price point that they could sell into where they were still in a profit to pay their taxes. And what that reflected in, assuming taxes was the only reason why the price was moving, there was a floor at which once enough people sold or once enough people exchanged their Bitcoin back into dollars and then they stopped, around $30,000 as a price point, the price started going back up. Yeah. The choices that all these people are making on the planet that have Bitcoin, it's reflected in almost real time. So what does that mean when you turn on all the Jim Cramers and financial advice shows of the world that are telling you why they think a stock is going to go up or go down? 
they don't know what they're talking about. They can't. Yeah, it's it's literally impossible for them to know what they're talking mm-hmm. about. But much they, of the news is just prediction, right? <laughs> and so when you come to Bitcoin land, and you're going to come to that conclusion where it's like it's too complex to understand why the price is moving. And then you apply that to the world. And that's why the Bitcoiners are so like, no, this is all a clown show. This is all a clown show. And this is the only thing that might work. Exactly. (laughs) I feel like I've been dating someone for a minute. I've been getting to know them. Then they did something shady. But I was patient about it. I didn't act crazy. <laughs> I was cool about it. And it turns it it checked out. So that's where we are. The thing about Bitcoin is it's so honest that it appears shady. Oh, it reminds me of you. <laughs> that's why I was laughing. <laughs> this is a very similar experience. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm gonna keep flirting. Thank you.